Welcome to the maiden voyage of the Retroid Octopus Cephala Podcast, the only show where old is new, new is old, and so are we. Well, at least most of us are. I am your host at the post-boss rush mode. Here with me are the usual suspects of Retroid Octopus, Parasite Steve. I have nine tentacles. Eight-bit alchemy. What's the ninth one? And Nintendo. How are you doing? Oh, if you got nine testicles, or nine tentacles, or testicles, you're probably doing all right. I am, actually. Oh, boy. Um, Crickets right out the yeah, gate. Yeah, <laughs> no shit. Jesus Christ. That's... Oh, Lord. All right, keep going. Yes. Uh, this is our first for real podcast. Our previous efforts have been on YouTube, and we have been cast off from the port of YouTube to brave the treacherous waters of podcast proper. Yar! Oh. Yar, yar, yar. Pirate sounds, yeah. general ambiance. Yar. And even yar. though our months past talk like a pirate day, we be bringing it back anyway. What's a pirate's favorite letter? Is it R? No, it is not R. It, it be, is C. It yes. be C. <laughs> we screw everything up here. His, oh. his one true love. He completely <laughs> fucked it up. Oh, right off the gate. But anyway, this episode is called <laughs> Childhood's Endurance, and we're going to be talking about things that we liked from our childhood that have endured with us through our adult years. And uh, I'll get this thing started off, and i like to talk about one thing that I'm pretty sure we all love from our childhood and still love today, video games. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, I know a lot of people out there will think, oh, it's just a kid's thing, but you know what? They, can, they don't have to play it if they don't want to. Oh, yep, screw exactly. them. They can go blow a flute. They can. What, you uh, still playing those video games? What are you in your 40s? I am, as a matter of fact. Oh, snap. <laughs> Didn't you grow out of those video games there? No, sir, I did not. Yeah, uh, neither did any of us. No. Right. Games are cool. Yeah. They are. Especially the older ones. They're like books you can play. <laughs> yeah. And movies so, you can so, play. So tell, tell us, Boss Rush, why do you like video games so much? Ah, uh, they're just plain fun, really. I mean, there's no secret formula to it. It's just a hobby that I've always enjoyed doing ever since I first started way back when I was probably like four or five years old with uh, you know, the Atari 2600 and the, the Tandy TRS-80 Color Computer 2 from Radio Shack. Woo-woo, <laughs> Radio Shack. So, and then, yeah, it's just just a pastime that just stuck with me. I mean, they've always been fun to play. They're diff- a whole bunch of different styles of games. Even back then, you know, you had to use your imagination more back then because uh, the graphics weren't nearly as sophisticated. But, you know, it's just something to pass the time. It's just, you know, just like any other hobby. I mean, people enjoy their hobbies, and I just never stopped liking video games. Yep, same here. Back when every playable character had four corners? Yes, pretty much. <laughs> but now, you don't, need to, you don't need to use any imagination at all, which is good because... It's so boring. As you've that. heard from the intro of our podcast, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's not entirely true. <laughs> no, all right, uh, good one. It's I thought really so. Good one. Yeah, very good one. Yeah, video games. Video games are fun. There's so many different kinds, and yeah. uh, like you said, different genres. Now, <clears throat> now, would you say that your tastes in the style of video games have changed over the years, or do you still like the exact same kinds that you used to like when you were a kid? Uh, well, I've definitely expanded on my horizons, for sure. I mean, back in the day, uh, 
You know, there was, it was a lot of arcade ports, or at least attempts at arcade ports. Like was, Pac-Man and Galaga, like stuff like yeah, that. Like yeah, old Missile Command and stuff like that. Space Invaders, Asteroids. Games right. are trying to get a high score. Right. right. There's, at, no, at, there's at the no, time, no ending. Yeah, at the time it was um, more trying to get the arcade experience at home, where now it's like it's, it's been expanded far beyond that. So it's really, arcades are kind of like a, a you know, a, a relic of the past at this yeah, point. like a novelty right. sort of now. Yeah, so obviously that's not the focal point of home consoles and home gaming anymore, whether it's on PC or console. So yeah, I, I definitely say my tastes have expanded, you know, greatly since then because, you know, video games themselves have expanded greatly. Yeah. Fair, fair enough. Yeah. And everyone else, everyone else, you know, around that, you know, how does everyone else feel about it? Oh, I, I was addicted to video games as a kid. Now, I remember going to your house as a kid on a on a school day, faking being sick, and uh, <laughs> I knew my mom was going to go to your house. I'm like, oh, well, they have a Nintendo. I'll just yeah. go over there with my mom. Yeah. And uh, this was before you were Nintendo. Yeah, you were before. just. Joe. I think this was the start of Nintendo. Mm-hmm. The yeah. Nintendo was being infused. Yes, it was. It was. And uh, I remember uh, going over, and I just started playing uh, some game that was left in the system. I didn't know how to operate it at the time. I was afraid to break it. So uh, the game that was in there was baseball, which is kind of ironic because I hate the sport so much. <laughs> because, it, well, let's, fa- let's face it, it's a sport, it's a so sport. of course you hate it. Yeah, so, so, you it's know, a sport, problem right there. sports are trash, so whatever. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. For whatever reason, I had so much fun with that game, and that was like the start. Just baseball for NES. Just, just yeah. baseball for NES. The yeah, one of the first games ever to come out for the system. Yeah. On a side note, I might be the only one in this group who even likes sports at all. So. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. As boss rush, pretty accurate. Yeah. That's, that doesn't mean we're going to trash sports. Right. So. No. I know. No, no, just, no. Just for the general audience's knowledge. Right. 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 right, right. We'll we'll be nice. Yeah. All right. How about you, Ape Alchemy? What do you think? I uh, I agree. I feel like games were something that I had played when I was a little kid. I had a couple games on the original Nintendo that I played a lot, specifically Super Mario Brothers slash Duck Hunt, but more so the Duck Hunt because Super Mario Brothers was too violent, according to my mom, which is weird <laughs> and um, concerning. So that plus a Fisher-Price Fire and Rescue game, which was like a maze game that was essentially just Pac-Man for kids, but you played as a fire truck. Um, it wasn't were, amazing. It was just a maze game. It, right. I mean, I thought it was amazing. It oh, okay. was it was the coolest thing ever for me when I was like three. But um, yeah, I, I think that those games definitely were the first things that I played. And, um, and uh, you know, eventually I just kind of got into other games. And uh, I mean, I primarily really like to play RPG games. And I think the first one that I ever played was Super Mario RPG at Parasite Steve's um, suggestion, because I think it was also one of the first RPGs he had played. And uh, and I, you know, never look back. You know, those games are near and dear to my heart, and I love a good role-playing game, even now. So, yeah, yeah I think it's definitely stuck with me. Excellent. Uh, yeah, have you waited on, on this Parasite, Steve? No, I guess not. Um, I think I, I totally agree. Um, absolutely. You know, I think if we're saying, like, you know, where did it start? Um, my my first big one, I wish it was something more interesting, but definitely the, the first Super Mario Brothers for NES was the first game that blew my freaking mind. I was definitely at Nintendo's house, so by that point, you had bought a Nintendo, yes. and it was, it was just, I could not believe it, because I had an Atari 2600, and I thought it was fine, but the, it, the, the jump in technology, the leap, it was so unbelievably huge that I just couldn't believe how awesome it was, and all I wanted to do was play Super Mario Brothers. And uh, I think the next game that I remember really feeling like, oh, my God, it was another jump from Mario Brothers was the first Mega Man. And um, 
my god, I just didn't want to stop playing Mega Man. And also, I have to say that when Mega Man 2 came out, that was the first sequel where it came out and I was anticipating it. Because when Mario 2 came out, because I sort of had a, like I said, I hadn't Atari 2600. So I came to the Nintendo party a little bit later than some of my friends did. And Mario 2 was already out. Like um, Mario Madness. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think it was out or it came out and I didn't care. Or maybe it came out and I didn't quite have a Nintendo yet. So I don't know. Like Mario 2 wasn't a big sequel I cared about at, like really that much. When Mega Man 2, when I heard that was coming out and friends were talking about it, there's going to be another Mega Man. I'm like, I, I mean, I legitimately could not contain my excitement. I was, I was so pumped. And, you know, it, it came out and I was at the store, it, it you know, ready for it. <clears throat> so, I mean, I think that uh, that's why that series is so near and dear to my heart. And if we're saying like, oh, well, you know, are these things that we still like today, even if we're not saying as a general... Uh, category of video games if we want to speak a little bit more in the uh in the micro instead of the macro it's like yeah i i I like super mario brothers i I, it's it's a it's a great game things many many games owe a lot to super mario brothers but i don't know if i love it like i used to but i love mega man and i can easily go back and just play any of the old mega mans for nes and and be super entertained and happy and they're still challenging and it's it's really funny because you know you think like oh as you grow up we continue to play video games so we must be really good at all those ones that seemed so hard when we were kids right nope no it doesn't work like that games are easy now (laughs) they were hard as shit then and if you go back to the old nintendo ones they are hard as shit now you know still they're still hard as shit there's a reason they call it nintendo hard yeah right (laughs) Right, which is such a funny thing because back in the day it was just games. Like, there was no reference point. So people always say, like, oh, those old Nintendo games are so hard. But I think gamers had a different mindset because you used to just have one game and you'd play that one game over and over again and you'd get good at it. And that was just how things were. Now you have checkpoints and, you know, save points anywhere and an arrow that points you where your next objective is and a lot of hand holding in games that doesn't exist back in right the day. there aren't lives there aren't con- limited continues right i was gonna you, say is like you have like like unlimited lives right much. most games nowadays like if you go with like the you know the the tomb raider style or i don't know what people call that but essentially when you get uh, you get hurt and then you know if the screen starts to just kind of get blurry or dark or something like that and that's your energy so you don't have like hit points you know, that you see on the screen that you're keeping track of. And then you can kind of just walk off to the side, give it a few seconds, and the character, like, heals. And in my mind, like, that was a Wolverine thing. That's only (laughs) going to happen in a game where you're Wolverine. He he heals himself. No other character would be able to do that, except now everybody does. And if you die, you generally pretty much start right where you died or very close to it. So, yeah, games are still fun. I still like those those games. But, man, compared to the back in the day where you would get to a certain point with however many lives and resources you had, then game over and have to do it all over again, you know, very different. But I still love it. You know, I love going yeah. back and I love the challenge of like these old games, even the ones I could beat. You know, I, I'm actually a lot worse at them now because like, hey, I haven't played them in 20 years or whatever, yeah. but right. still awesome. Absolutely. Well, anyway, let's uh, move along from that. And uh, hey, Nintendo, is there anything that you've liked as a child and has still hung with you through your adult years? Yeah, actually, uh, it's nothing to do with video games or 
or whatever, but I've always loved hard rock and heavy metal. It's mm-hmm. been one of my biggest passions. Right, man, yeah! Yeah, we're, we're all giving the, the horns right now. I don't know if you guys you can, can hear can't that. See it. Listen to the horns. <laughs> Listen to it, yes. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, I've always loved it. I think I, I was, like, listening to it while I was in the womb, my mom's womb, so... <laughs> Uh, my dad always said that, you know, when my mom was pregnant with me, all my dad would listen to was Aerosmith, Boston, Black Sabbath, Led Zeppelin. Yeah, so like those hard rock, proto-heavy metal bands. Yes, yeah. yeah. So that's probably why I can connect with it so much. It's, it's in your DNA. It's in my DNA, pretty much. and It's in your blood! Yeah, and, and, and it's, it was like my saving grace throughout, like, middle school, because my middle school years and was just fucking torturous and I fucking hated it. So Heavy Metal and Weird Al Yankovic <laughs> were my go-to Two for similar flavors. Uh, I yeah. mean, they're really just like yeah. right there. Two, Two great, great tastes. tastes, 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 tastes oh, they're on the they, same page. They them. work so well together. <laughs> Peanut butter and pickles. So, yeah. Yes. So, yeah. Uh, saved my life, so that's why so. I love it so much. Well, yeah. that's a good reason. Yeah. yeah sure. Yes, seriously. And, you know, I think that all of us have been able to bond over the years over over the love of music and heavy metal and stuff yeah. like that so i think that is uh is definitely something that just stays with you yeah. you know definitely and for those who don't know we won't be talking about this in every single episode but we are also the four of us in a band called enchanted exile and we are a heavy metal band so we all are into metal uh but if you take us separately it's amazing how much we diverge from there there are not a ton of different bands that have, especially bands that like came out in the last 20 years that we all totally agree on, or even like maybe three of us agree on. Um, but that just shows you how much there is within that genre of heavy metal. And, and, you know, it always kind of drives me crazy. And you've said this Nintendo that, you know, and people who don't listen to metal, like, and they, want to just like give uh give an elevator speech for what the genre is to them they're like oh it's like that's the screaming crap the, the yes the, 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 or whatever it's like well that is some of it yeah, but right. it's not there's a lot right. it's, it's, it's a very that, broad though. spectrum that like people who just aren't into it just don't even realize yeah, or they even think care it's all to realize that. right right they just want it because they hate it so much like well i don't like it so i'm gonna trash it by saying oh it's just screamo just a lot of, right. a lot of yelling it's like no Fucking listen to it. Yeah. Listen to the read the lyrics. It's not like bullshit lyrics like you hear from like a lot of pop music. Well, some of it's bullshit lyrics. Some I mean, bullshit. let's let's face it. But I'm mean, like, there is a lot of like good lyrics to like heavy metal there are. songs. But yeah, I mean, there is some stupid shit out there. But you know, I mean, just, I mean, I love Ronnie James Dio, but I don't know what he had to say about anything ever. Who's the Sunset right. Superman? What is that? I mean, right. he he sings songs of wildebeest and rainbows. <laughs> I do love him and elves. Yes. And dragons. But yeah, I, I totally agree. I've always said that people who say right out the gate who they don't like metal, I ask, you know, what have you heard? What is your, you know, definition of heavy metal? Because I would say that metal as a genre is as broad and varied as just the greater spectrum of music in general. Like to say like, oh, I don't like heavy metal after only listening to one song by entombed or something is equivalent to listening to like a rap song and being like I guess I just don't like music I don't know show me me on the doll where the heavy metal touched you (laughs) (laughs) for real it it just feels like there's no effort take take this needle and point on the doll it's like okay you're not into reggae but have you heard Mongolian death reggae 
Hmm? It's not hmm? bad. Yeah. It's not the same. Yeah. And another thing I would get occasionally, not as much now, but definitely in my younger days when people would come up to me like, ah, heavy metal, you need to open your mind and open your horizons. And like, oh, All right, yeah. fine. And this would happen, I swear to God, this happened like a dozen times. All right, give me a tape. Back when the tapes were the thing, give me a tape and I'll give you a tape and we'll both listen to it and we'll talk, you know, let's, we'll give our opinions of it in like in a couple days whenever we get a chance to hear it. And every single fucking time, except for once, there was one time where it was different, but every other time, I'd be like, okay, well, I heard this and it's not my thing, but, you know, I can appreciate this and that. And I, I gave it a fair chance and every person except for one was like, eh, I could get like halfway through the first song it fucking sucked. I couldn't listen to it. It's like, Okay, who has to open their minds and broaden their horizons now, asshole? Right. It wasn't me! <laughs> right. So, fuck you! Right. Seriously. Sometimes we get angry here. It happens. <laughs> we're passionate. We're a passionate yes. bunch. We're a hot tone. We're a bunch of hot tone sons of bitches. Yeah. Sometimes the filter just shut off. <laughs> sometimes a filter needs to be thrown out the window. And sometimes window. it's got particulates Mark, in it. It's a little fish. grimy, but it's okay. We just, re- we just clean it. <laughs> Oh. All right, so let's uh, move along from that. And uh, how about you, 8-Bit Alchemy? What has stuck with you through the years? So I I thought about this a little bit, and I feel like for me, one thing that I always loved as a kid that I still love now, again, it's nothing to do with, like, games or anything like that, is um, is anything having to do with, like, nature? Like, any kind of, like, zoology, animal stuff? Like, I remember as a kid having a lot of, like, animal books and stuffed animals and stuff like that, and it always feels like a phase that kids go through where they are obsessed with stuffed animals, stuffed bears, you know, things like that. Dinosaurs! Dinosaurs, right. But, like, so few people now in, like, their grown-up age really take, like, a lot of joy in learning about and watching like nature documentaries like planet earth and life and stuff like that nature crap yeah it just it's just like nature crap right so you know i think that a lot of people love dogs and cats and have pets and everything but for me like anything that is nature animals zoology all that stuff is like really really exciting and like super passionate and i think that's something parasite steve growing up and it's just something that never really went away like i never grew out of it i still get excited when i find like a weird bug in the yard and i get like super pumped when i see like a a bird that has never been seen you know at the bird feeder before you know just dumb stuff like that that i think you know not nobody cares about but definitely not a ton of people you know you can really get psyched about that stuff with so you know i I don't know that that's just something that's always stuck with me still since being a kid so i think that's you know pretty cool for me it is pretty cool. And, like, the other thing is that you don't get normal excited. You get, like, celebrity excited. <laughs> like me. So, like... Right, exactly. Yeah, so, you know, like, here's an example. So we were we were at a uh, family cookout, and uh, there was... Somebody's like, oh, there's a hummingbird out here. And we went out, and we're like, oh, cool, hummingbirds. We love hummingbirds. Humming, hummingbirds. Hummingbirds. <laughs> 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 yeah, we love the Norwegian the hummingbird. Um, and... Um, it's got beautiful plumage. Um, so we go out there, and it was actually a hummingbird moth. And it's actually a moth, an insect, that, that very much mimics the look of a hummingbird. And it, it moves like a hummingbird. It truly looks like a hummingbird. It even has its little uh, little proboscis, which is basically its mouth, and it's a str- like a straw. It, all moths and butterflies ha- like feed with this little curly straw, basically. And that's the mouth. But so... Um, it, it sticks out. It looks like a beak. And it's, it's really, really interesting. So everybody else is like, oh, this, that's a neat hummingbird. And 
in 8-bit like lost his shit and he's like that this that what why this this and you like you'd think like he had you know just seen the queen walk down the street or something like i would be significantly less excited about the queen to be fair or or like the band queen like just or like Uh, i'd be pretty psyched about that like like just walking down the street like there's brian may like there he is and uh but yeah so i mean uh, yeah, so it, it's like a different level, I think. Right, yeah. it's not just like, oh, neat, that's a that's a neat thing over there. It's like, oh, my God, where's the camera? Yeah, I'm going to just throw this plate of mac and cheese on the ground and just go run and picture it. I got to go take a photo. <laughs> and we went around. We're like, to, to everybody who was kind of like, you know, sort of leaning into the commotion. And, and he's like, it's a moth, though. It looks like, but it's a moth. And like, uh, yeah, nobody was like, everybody else was like, yeah, okay, oh, okay okay dude like oh jesus right like i mean to an extent it feels like everyone's looking at you like you're insane and like wow okay who brought the uh the weirdo but you know it's just one of those things that's super exciting and as vindication to this whole story the next day at work i was sitting at my desk and my boss runs up to me and goes oh my god you have to come outside and look at this thing that's outside on the flowers i have never seen this before in my life go outside and what's flitting around the flowers out there a hummingbird moth not more than a day or two after i had seen one for the first time in my life like i knew what one was but my boss was like freaking out and she had no clue what it was and she's like you know an established person in the biosciences you know not a stranger to things like this and uh and yeah i totally got to do a knowledge bomb all over that and be like yo i know what that is kaplowy i've seen those like a million times they're not even cool no (laughs) it's like i I was still ridiculously psyched yeah it's like hearing a word that you 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 knew the word but you never actually heard it in use but after the first time you say it you hear it like every other fucking day for the rest of your life every (laughs) time it's the weirdest phenomena every time there's a new word that a hundred percent happens and it's it's almost like when you buy a new car and then you notice that car you drive (laughs) everywhere yeah yeah, it's so weird because i remember when i was gonna buy my car i drive a chevy cruise and i saw them nowhere and then i bought one and they are everywhere because you because you realize your brethren right like you go oh look we're twins we draw the same thing but yeah no all like three steps backwards yes that thing that you said boss response totally yeah the uh, the listening audience is getting a clue at how lame you are you know <laughs> oh i mean good Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, it's good to get that out of the way, I think. Yeah. Right, because this is, you know, the, the first maiden voyage here, so we gotta we got to get it all out there. Yes, yes, we do. Anyway, uh, Parasite Steve, uh, what you got going on? I'm going to be uh, just real specific. I picked um, uh, the Ninja Turtles. All right, yeah. cool, yeah. Because um, this is a, a property. There are technically a lot of properties. I could say, like, comic books or superheroes or something like that, but I, I really want to just be specific here and say the Ninja Turtles because this is a property that meant so very much to me when I was a little kid. Um, Growing up in the 80s, the Ninja Turtles were huge. Obviously, you pretty much, you couldn't avoid them. Uh, Every boy loved them. Every girl who happened to be named April fucking hated them. And, you know... Or Casey. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, really a big deal. But they were very much for me at that age. They They were geared towards little kids. Um, later, um, I learned that they they actually had a comic book, and not only did they have a comic book, it was very adult. It was a gritty, dark, noirish, uh, bloody, very adult comic book. There were there are swears in the comic, like mild swears, 
but like, like fuck there no f bombs <laughs> but you know there there's some dams and some hells i mean that's not something you're going to see in that show right like, definitely not you're not going to hear you know one of the ninja turtles go oh the hell with it now right. i know that that's not that that's still pretty tame but compared to what i had known about the characters it was shocking and like even the first movie the very first live action movie um, which I still to this day think is yeah, a very say, good comic book it's movie. It's really well. It has. Too. I enjoy that movie a lot, too. Yeah. You know, there are, you know, everybody said, like, oh, there's no good comic book movies until, you know, Tim Burton's Batman. or I don't know. Maybe that came after Tim Burton's Batman. Yeah, it actually. came out I after. Think I think that, that, that one came out in 1990. Yeah, movie. okay. Fair enough, then. Yeah. My point's lost. But it generally is forgotten when people say, like, oh, the pre the MCU, what were the good comic book movies people tend to say Richard Donner's Superman Tim Burton's Batman a lot of people just forget about that that first Ninja Turtle movie granted the sequels were trash but the first one's great and the first one was looking more towards the comics you know they they did they had some swears in there like I remember being in the theater seeing it for the very first time I was probably 10 or 11 or something and I could not believe when you know Raphael said damn yeah. You know, he's like, damn, you know, I lost a side, lost a side, you know, and, and it was like so unexpected because the Raphael we knew was the funny jokester, sarcastic uh, quip guy, because when they turned it into a kid show, they had to like tone down so very much. And they essentially just created a new personality for Raphael because he was so stinking dark um, that that it just wouldn't have worked. So I understand it, I get it, but I just wasn't wasn't expecting it. So I don't know. There are you know so many iterations of the turtles. Uh, there's been at this point many many shows. Um, I really enjoy the 2003 series. Um, Absolutely, great series. You know, there, yeah. there's been numerous series. There's a current one that's out now that uh, I'm not a fan of the look of it. I, I don't think I'll be checking it out. But uh, and I know there was that uh, Nickelodeon show which uh, people tended to like, and that was uh, CG. Um, so I mean, there's just it's seemingly like it's one of those properties that adapts. It's like it, it's like Alice Cooper did throughout his career. Yeah. He just assimilated himself, and same with Weird Al. He assimilated right. himself into whatever era that he was in. So his music was sort of him, but also sort of you know would sell and and would be liked. So I don't know. I I. I like that. I think it's interesting that like so many different people and generations can have their Ninja Turtles. I think right. that's really cool. Yep. Um, now as an adult, because uh, we're saying, oh, well, we liked it like it's still. So I don't have a ton of love for that initial show anymore. And that is what I loved as a kid. I still love the video games um, f- that were out at the time. Uh, but like the show is, is very childish. It's not one that I'm going to go back and and watch and stuff like I, I can watch certain other shows from the 80s, but that one is eh, not for me at this point. But I say the Ninja Turtles stuck with me. I mean, at this point, the the incarnation that I love the best is the original is the comics. And uh, I have now, you know, read uh, various comics and stuff. Uh, I, you know, I, there are some omnibus type volumes where it's. They're they're available still. They're uh, annotated by Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird. They're available. They're like in the $35 range. There's a bunch of them. I have like three or four of those, and they're just awesome. It's so great. The, the, the print quality is amazing. They're slightly bigger 
than they were. You have all this like behind the scenes knowledge that the creators are dropping on you and like what was going through their heads at the time and all this different stuff. And it's also neat seeing the origins of stuff that I sort of had learned about through filters of like the show or the toys or the games or whatever, you know, and um, uh, specifically I loved um, I loved seeing the uh, the the story, the initial story with the Triceratons, these the alien race of characters that are these dinosaur men that are my favorite freaking dinosaur in the world my favorite animal is the triceratops i just love them so much so these these triceratons i always loved the look of them but they weren't really in the old show they were in like one episode and there was a figure and they were sometimes a boss in a game but rarely and and they were randomly there's one on the cover of uh the theme but he's not in the game which is weird so strange um i know there's one as a boss in one of the game boy games like the third game boy game i think there's a triceraton boss and i remember he was a a character in the Genesis uh, Turtles tournament, but very rarely. So it was so nice being able to actually see that initial iteration of the story. You know, they did they did uh, feature pretty heavily into the 2003 show. There was a, a season that dealt with uh, basically that arc from the comics, which is why I liked that show because it really. You know, it very much looked to the original source material, right. but it wasn't exact. It was yeah. it was adapted, you know, and it, it was also toned down. But it just, you know, if the original, if the the comics are like, you know, an eleven as far as you know adultness, then you know the the original show probably turned the eleven to like a four, and the two thousand thirteen was maybe like a six, but or a seven, but you know, still a lot closer. Right. So, yeah. but anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. TMNT seems to be one of those rare properties that's able to reinvent themselves you know time and time again and you know still be relevant in whatever age it's trying to be in but still not totally alienate their previous fans right absolutely yeah whereas so many other things have you know tried and failed miserably like almost everything else (laughs) it's just it is rare sometimes there's like one big reboot like the thundercats right you know they had they they had the original show they had one reboot which I loved right. back Me in like, 2013. Awesome. Yeah, it, it failed. It had like half a season. Now it's being rebooted again as a as a comedy series done by the Samurai Jack guy. I'm all set. But yeah. you know, that's it. You know, they had like one aborted reboot, and now they're trying something different. But right. Ninja Turtles just consistently comes up again. Transformers is like that too. Yeah. yeah. So real quick before we um, go too far, everybody's favorite Ninja Turtle. Mine's Leonardo. Eight bit. Donatello. Yeah, mine too. I don't know if I have a favorite per se, but I think I kind of relate more to Raphael than any, any of the others. Yep, I would agree. <laughs> <laughs> the Nintendo stamp of approval. Nintendo says it. Boss yep. Rush's favorite is you're, Raph. You're the pissed off guy. <laughs> yes. All right. Damn. Always angry. Yes. All right. Well, we've all been talking about things that we've enjoyed from our childhoods that we've grown old with, but I'd like to turn that question on its head and ask you, the audience, what are some of the things from your childhoods that you have outgrown? So uh, you guys can think about that for a minute, and we'll go on a short break. Hi, I'm Patsy the Angry Nerd, lover of science and sharks. And I'm Ashes Von Nightmare, the real housewife of Transylvania and mistress of Merlot. And, and we're, we're the, the hosts of, of the Throwdown Thursday, Thursday podcast. podcast. Part of the Some Buddies and Grand Guignol Networks. Join us each and every Thursday as we break down all the characters you love and love to hate. That's right. We cover characters from movies, television, books, video games, and even real historical figures. 
Plus, we discuss science. And wine. Like, so much wine. Like, all the wine. We also pit random characters against each other in free-for-all contests voted on by you, the listener, and reveal the results the following week. Did I mention the wine? Like, there's a lot of wine. So join us on our journey through pop culture on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, and everywhere you listen to podcasts. And we will will see you you next Thursday. Bloodworks Scriptorium, the new album from Enchanted Exile. 11 pulse-pounding heavy metal tracks, including... Embrace Oblivion, Cold Spell, On Widow's Hill, and I am the Void. Bloodworks Scriptorium, available now on iTunes, Google Play, and pretty much anywhere you get your digital music. So, go get it. Hey, are you ready to do some picking? It's about that time where we ask you, the audience, to octoponder this. All right. Well, we've asked you the octoponder this question of the day or the hour. And uh, the question was, what are some of the things that you enjoyed in childhood that you have grown out of? And now it's time for us to answer our own question. And I'm going to start by talking about pro wrestling. This is something ah. I really enjoyed as a kid, and I just really couldn't give a crap about it any longer. Yep. Uh, it's, it's something I've totally kind of just gotten over, gotten past, grown out of, however you want to put it. I think I think specifically what did it for me is, you know, back in the day, maybe it's because I was younger, I just liked, you know, the bigger than life, almost like comic book character style wrestlers, mm-hmm. and I was just more apt to enjoy stuff like that when I was a kid or something. But I think what really, really kind of just turned the corner for me was, um, now I have all the respect in the world for this guy, the guy's a great performer, he deserves all the accolades he's ever got, but Stone Cold Steve Austin. I just could not stand the character at all. I thought he was the most obnoxious freaking character. Could not get behind him. Never liked him. And then after a while, because he got so immensely popular, he basically became the face of the company, like the the headliner. Everyone tried to be like him. Everyone started wearing black and trying to out badass each other. And it was just like, oh, all right, now it, everyone it just be jerks. Yeah, everyone is just <laughs> right. emulating the one character I hate the most. So I'm out. Bye. And yeah. <laughs> that's pretty much what did it for yeah, me. It, it's amazing how how popular he became like really quickly too yeah i mean the, the guy right. i mean like i said i don't want to take anything away from the guy the guy's an amazing performer oh, yeah, the absolutely. guy got his neck broken and still finished the match right that's like the ultimate badass all right so right. Yeah. yeah so i'm not i'm not i just i just wasn't a fan of his character at all he never is, liked any of his gimmicks and it just, yeah. it just oh. i got to see him win a championship live with you know nintendo and parasite steve at WrestleMania 14. What? That's right. <laughs> what? That, that, that was a great show. Yeah, exactly. What? 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 Awesome show. Still had a great time. What? I mean, we all knew what was going to happen. What? That's another thing. It was like so predictable. We knew exactly what it was going to do, how it was going to do it. It was like, okay, well, I've seen this a million times before. Even though I liked it as a kid when Hulk Hogan did the same thing time and time again. But yeah. again, yep. maybe it's just because I, I was a 14 at the time when Hulk Hogan was doing it, and I didn't care as much. I don't know. <laughs> that, right. that WrestleMania was also the very first time I remember, uh, the very first time that The Undertaker fought his evil brother Kane. Oh yes. Yeah. Yep. yep. Yeah, that was we the first actually, time they ever we, actually We were actually got to fight. in that pay-per-view too. 
Like we were in it for like a split second because yeah. where, where we were, we were at the entrance. Right. Where the rest when, they, came when out. they were panning across, and we were opening all part of the. the yeah. Shot so we, we, the we didn't have a great we, view. We saw ourselves. We're like, oh, we're right there, right yeah. there. Yeah. I, uh, we didn't have a great view of the squared circle, but we had a great view of the wrestlers as they came out. And I remember the pyrotechnics. Yes, I was going to oh, yeah, yeah. say Was so this. loud. It was like the dimension, like fabric, was rippling yeah. as yeah. it went off. And you know it was just. And not to I've mention the, never the, experienced that the, before. The heat too from from yeah the, we can actually feel like you know, the, yeah you like really feel like well, it felt like your yeah. arm hairs were like burning. And I off. think the uh, the Undertaker came out like with that was the first time he did like the Druids. I think they came right. out and they they made like a path for him right. and he had like a big long uh, trench coat. Yeah, and, it, was, uh, it was awesome. And it was yeah. it, that was really cool. And uh, I remember that Sable. Had a match. Sable fought somebody. Who who did Sable? Was it was fight? like a mixed gender match. Sable and Mark Merrow were I don't wrestling think it, against. I don't. Was it? I, I, I want like to say it was. Just her. No, I'm pretty oh, sure she wrestled herself. No, no, no. Yeah. I, oh, okay. oh, I'm sorry. So not a tag team. You mean like she wrestled Mark Merrow? No, 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 no. Her and Mark Merrow were a tag team against another guy and girl tag team. But when the woman was in the ring, she had to fight the other woman and okay. vice versa. It's funny. I don't remember I'm, who I'm pretty sure. I'm not 100% exactly. sure. I just remember that that was like maybe the first time she actually wrestled. I don't know if it was Luna Vachon and some... I, I, uh, I don't remember. I'd have Luna to look Vachon. it up. Yeah, I, I feel like she was, she was old. Time, yeah. yeah, I feel like she was retired by then. I, I can't remember, though. But that, that was uh, a good time and definitely at the peak of my loving wrestling and I agree absolutely with what you said, uh, Boss Rush. I, I, it's definitely something I loved, 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 and don't anymore. Right. Yeah. For for me, it it, it all stopped when Owen Hart died. I just didn't like the the way how the WWF at the time handled it. It's it's like okay, well, this really terrible accident happened, and. A lot of viewers who were actually there saw the whole thing happen, but they kept going with the show. They could have been like, sorry, you know, this is really bad. It's probably traumatizing to little kids who are here, but we're going to go on with the show. So, you know, it's interesting you say that, Joe, and I definitely uh, can see that viewpoint 100%. I I can understand also it's a a business thing, too. Well, you're also like you already got the money of all these people. And they're there, and it's a, it, it was you know it's a big deal. It's did did the fans want to keep going? Maybe they didn't know what happened. I you know he fell, and they took him away. About it. Yeah. But you know they, I'm sure it. they didn't know he was he had. I mean he didn't die instantly, but I mean the question is: is it more morally right to stop the event when it's a giant sporting event that has like a hundred thousand people at it do you stop the event and say sorry folks go home on Owen Hart just died or even if he hadn't yet uh he's he's very seriously injured we're going to stop this event and uh out of respect for him and send you guys home um would there be riots would would people be upset would they or would they Understand that that was the respectful thing to. Do. I feel like nobody would want to go. That right. they would want. They're I there. I, mean, they, I kind of feel like they they could have handled it a lot better. I I think they could have like either refunded the money or be like, okay, well, we'll do this again. Your tickets are still valid until we can reschedule this date. So I I remember specifically <clears throat> the night after the event when they they were doing Raw live, quote unquote. 
um, a lot of wrestlers, like, they just, like, showed up to the ring. They're like, you know what? I'm not doing this, and I'm going. This is on live TV, and they're yeah. doing this. So, I don't know. Even, like, some of the wrestlers were like, what the hell? Right. I mean, no, and, I... And, and Bret Hart, too, was I understand that. I understand the next day, for sure. Um, I, I, I'm just my... I guess my point is simply, it's, it's a... It's a sensitive thing and it's difficult yeah. and I'm not yeah. sure what the right thing to do is that night because that night and I'm not quite sure when he passed away if it was a matter of you know hours or if it was a matter of minutes I'm not really sure they, but it could have been just that you know he was injured so then because to be fair just playing devil's advocate what if you know Stone Cold, Stone Cold Steve Austin right like you said uh, Boss Rush you know he, he, he had his neck broken but he was fine you know he, he was injured they took him away, and that was a serious injury as well. Yeah. And he ended up being fine. So, do you stop that event too? You know, this is definitely an event where people are doing feats of physical strength and, and ludicrousness, like throwing themselves off these high things and ladders and turnbuckles and whatever. I mean, you know, injuries will happen, just like a oh, football course. game or whatever. Right. So, I guess my point is. If you stop the match, if you stop the whole night, and that was a big pay-per-view, if you stop it for one, then you have to always stop it, right? Like, Stone Cold technically was fine. You know, if they had stopped well, that, as fine as you lost. could be with a broken neck. Right, right. <laughs> right. But, he, but, but he didn't die. Owen, but with Owen, like, once it happened, he did not get up. He was, like, immobilized. Yeah. And he yeah. wasn't even breathing on his own. Right. right. Well, I mean, I, I, I mean, I don't remember any specifically any specific events for other sporting events like you said football or even like boxing matches because there's been boxers that have died in the ring but I don't know if they've stopped the entire right. card Apollo Creed it, they might have I don't know yeah I mean I <laughs> see I don't follow boxing so I have no idea so I mean it's something it's something I don't know there's really no modus you know no, no um, like set like to do thing when something yeah. like this happens since it's so another thing weird too and rare. For, for me uh, not talking about this right now but uh with wrestlers in general, like where where did these characters go? Like like there's there's no imagination with these new wrestlers now. It's like okay, where's where's your Ultimate Warriors? Where's your Undertakers? Your Hulk Hogan's? Like okay, you have John Cena. You yeah, have it's different first, now. First and last names. Like there's no imagination at all with these it's, newer wrestlers. It's like it's like themselves. It's like amped up to like twenty two. Right. Yeah, it's like everybody right. from the Jersey Shore as a wrestler, basically. Right. Well, and, and to go back you know, a, a little bit ago, the uh, the the WrestleMania 14 mixed tag team match: Mark Marrow and Sable defeating the artist formerly known as Goldust and Luna. Wow, oh, it was Luna. Yeah. Jeez, I oh my God, Luna. that's insane. That is insane. That's that crazy. Completely takes my back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. So, uh, eight bit, you never really watch wrestling, right? I mean, the only wrestling experience I had was being a very small child and you, all of you guys being at the house watching a pay-per-view. And I think the only hot take I had was, I thought The Undertaker looked pretty cool. Yep. And oh, yeah. that was about it. I remember, yeah. what was the cage match? Rage in the Cage, is that what it was called? Or what was, what was like uh, that thing? I mean, Hell, there, Hell there in is, the Cell? Was oh, Hell oh, in the Hell cell? in the Cell. Hell in the Cell. I knew it was a rhyme thing. Yeah. And there, there is a cage match that's Okay. Also- but yeah. Hell in the Cell was the one where they're like locked in there, right? Yeah. And like they can't. Or like, hold on. I remember mankind, okay, jumping yeah. from the top of a cell. 
Like he yes. jumped into he, a. He, he was fighting the Undertaker. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so, Undertaker threw him off the top of the cage and into the uh, the announcement table. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. That was a hundred percent. That is the only match I he, have a, he a memory fell of. Through the cage and like he broke like his his front teeth. Yeah, I remember uh, his and, face and, and, was and wicked bloody. His face was wicked bloody, and his like a tooth was coming out of his nose. <laughs> yeah, yeah mankind pretty... took a hit. Yeah, that guy took a he beating. He took a freaking beating yeah, in half. Mick Foley is famously one of the like, you know, really beaten still yeah. moving, still breathing guys. Right. Yeah. Holy crap. I've always loved him though. Oh I mean, yeah. He's, uh, I mean, he's I, for when he first came on the scene in the WWE or F, when I first remember him as Mankind, I was like, oh, who's this idiot? But right. I, I, I grew to love the character because the guy just put himself through so much. It was like he was yeah. just a my God, I can't believe this guy's still alive. This it's guy's like, freaking amazing. Right, the Undertaker really? versus the underdog. It's like you're just rooting for him. Like, come on, you can do it. Like, you're just getting yeah. so you know beat up the whole time. But right. uh, yeah, that's, that's about all I had. Yeah, yeah. And then one other quick thing before we move on from this, like uh, another thing about wrestling is like before, like back in the day, like oh WrestleMania, the big event, and then like okay WrestleMania and like Survivor Series was like maybe two or three big events per year. Now it's like Royal every Rumble every month. month. Yeah, every freaking and month. And it's like okay, uh, I'm I am still like yeah, it's I don't, not, I don't yeah, care nearly It's as not much. special anymore. Yeah, yeah, it's not. I remember when they added SummerSlam, and yeah. that was like the new one at the end of the summer and right. and stuff and. That just became every about, month about the summer. It was looking forward to to one of the Summer Slams. Yeah. Yeah, very, yeah. very so, true. Very, so yeah, very cool at the time. Something I loved dearly as a kid. I took it yeah. way too seriously too. Yeah. Yeah. I would get so mad when my 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 guy would lose or whatever. Right. And yep. you know, it's like I knew it was fake, but I pretended it wasn't. Right. And I kind of convinced myself. No, people don't know what they're talking about. It's real. <laughs> right. It's real to me. Damn it. It's real in a way. <laughs> they are. They're not CG. Right. They're doing stuff. Oh yeah. It's still... half real. Yeah. It's real enough to hurt. Oh yeah. <laughs> All oh, right, uh, Eight Bit Alchemy. Uh, what you what you uh, got on your mind right now? Uh, so I guess the thing for me that I was really into as a kid that I am not into at all anymore is Power Rangers. The, oh uh, no, yeah. no Power Rangers! The, yeah, no, no Power Rangers at all. I can't stand them even a little bit now. Um, about the only thing Power Rangers now that I still can get into are the old Super Nintendo and Genesis games. But oh. um, the show is just unwatchable. It's it's real bad. <laughs> but I loved it as a kid. I, I had a Red Ranger chair. I had a Blue Ranger, like, you know, I had like tons of action figures. I had this whole giant, like, cylindrical popcorn tin that we ate all the popcorn out of, and then just filled with every single Power Rangers toy imaginable to the top, to the point you could barely even close the thing. Like, I was obsessed <laughs> with freaking Power Rangers, and I don't even know why. I, I mean, there's really nothing specifically that I could tell you about Power Rangers that did it for me. Like, I was so young, and it was just on TV, and I thought that the monsters were cool and the Rangers, I I don't even know. I, I don't know what I was thinking. It's terrible. Um, but I do really like Godzilla stuff now. So maybe that like somehow subliminally planted the seed for liking big dumb kaiju crap. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I can't do Power Rangers mostly because the people stuff is painful. It is, especially yes. the American like '90s sitcom oh. Saved by the Bell esque you know teenager <laughs> yeah. crap. It's yeah. just awful. It's like it oh my is. god, these actors are garbage. And you yeah. did like Bullen, Bulk and Skull. <laughs> I did like Bull and Skulk. <laughs> bull and skull, bull and bull and skill. It's pronounced bull. Moose and squirrel. Moose and squirrel. Moose and squirrel. <laughs> Fill it. Oh. Yeah. Um. Bulk and skull do have a really good theme song. He goes ding 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 ding
<laughs> and then they they change the speed of it depending on what they're doing. Like if they're just rope it open, it's like na 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 na. Yeah, na 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 Like they're in trouble and they got to get away because they somebody caught them doing something right. they're supposed to be doing. It's like Benny, you know, Benny Hill show, you know, yeah. So, I mean, they were pretty great. Actually, looking back on that, that that show was maybe all right. No, you're initially correct. There's actually there's YouTube videos of actual live bands doing the Balkan Skull theme song, like live humans playing. I don't know about bands plural, but there is one band we found. There's one at least, and if there's one, there's probably some, but I don't know. It's it's pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So Power Rangers. Yeah. What do you, what do you guys do you guys ever have any Power Rangers at all? Uh, I, I think I think I uh, missed up? that train. I was uh, I mean yeah I like the kaiju stuff too generally and I mean I mean when I was you know at Parasite Steve's house when you were you know very very young and it'd be on the TV I'd, I'd catch a little bit of it. I was like mm, yeah yeah it just it just wasn't for me. So. I, li- I yeah. like the Green Ranger still. That's what I have to <laughs> the say. Green slash White the Ranger. Gr- no no, not Tommy. Just the Green Ranger. Oh well, pardon me. <laughs> the Green Ranger, the Dragon's Ward. Shit, he has a robot Godzilla. He basically has a Mecha Godzilla. Hey, the, the fact that I knew that the same guy was two different colored Rangers. Yeah, is like, I mean that's probably impressive. like the only like tidbit I know about the show. Yeah. Also, that guy got almost shot at a Comic Con like last oh, year. Wow. Jason David. Actually, Frank. I think he was also like had. Like was a UFC fighter briefly. Yeah, I think he probably was the one guy from Power Rangers that made maybe the most career for himself out of the martial yeah. arts thing. Yeah. Like he really went full tilt into that and had a school and stuff like that and then did UFC or all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But uh yeah, you know, I obviously some of the Power Rangers actually went on to do other stuff. I know the Pink Ranger now is like on, you know, Amy Joe Johnson. There you go. She yeah, she, uh, was she on has at yeah, one point. And oh, she cool. has like a, a crime investigative drama that she's on now or at least was the last few years. So some CSI of them are on Nitro. Stuff. <laughs> Ooh, CSI Neo. Ooh. Uh yeah, but I I do I you know what, the one Power Rangers film thing I still kind of like is the Power Rangers movie with Ivan Ooze. That is so bad it's good. Like it does actually tr- like cross that line. I it is so cringy that I enjoy it. I like Oh, you know what? No, I mean I I did see that movie. I believe I saw it in theaters with uh with, the, with yeah, all yeah, of us. Yeah, yeah, no, we actually did see that movie. Yeah, and there's yeah, the did. the skydiving scene at the beginning with uh, the Red Hot Chili Peppers cover of Higher Ground and <laughs> you know, lots of lots of great scenes. It's so funny you go back to that. I watched that that movie like maybe I don't know, 10 years ago or something like that, but you know, a long time after it came out. And it is so unbelievable how like little they are the power rangers in that movie they're barely in the costumes at all right it's like beetlejuice like do you know that michael keaton's only on screen for like six minutes of beetlejuice or something it's like that it's like do you know that they, they it's like two two or three minutes in their costumes like honestly it's unbelievable mm-hmm. which is kind of funny because yeah, just, just follow this woman dressed in green around for like 90 minutes or whatever. Oh no! I think she uh, she had like a like a, a rawhide bikini, something like that. So it's, it's I don't know. It is it it run it ran out of my ears that memory. Yeah. <laughs> the the funny thing about the Power Rangers movie, the note I'll end this on is uh the fact that you say that they're so like seldom the Power Rangers in that movie is reflected in the video game because in the Power Rangers the movie game for the Super Nintendo. Uh, you can only be the Power Rangers if you fill up like a gauge, which takes forever. So most of the level, you're just playing as the person. You're just the yeah, dude going right. through the whole level. Ooh, and then the at the at dude or dudette, and at the tail end of the level, when you fill up your special gauge, you finally transform into the Ranger. Like, can I just be the Ranger the whole game, please? 
you know what? I think it's uh, half the level. But, you know, you, so you call it a, a negative. I actually call it a positive, even though at the time I did also agree with what you just said. It's like, I just want, I don't care about, I don't want to be Billy. I just want to be the Blue Ranger. But, like, um, looking back, they made twice the amount of sprites. There's twice the amount of characters you can be. And it does feel cool when you transform and get better halfway through the level. So you're thinking of the Power Rangers game flat. There's a, also a Power Rangers the movie game, which is not divided in half. Right. It's, there it's, is, like, it's like a pseudo sequel to... Yeah, the game that's the, just the, the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. It's an you do two-player game. Yeah, so the one you're talking about is the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers game, which you do halfway which through the level. Super Nintendo, but I Super think that's Nintendo. the only one you play there's, as the humans. There's two. There's two. I, I literally yeah. just played it. Yeah, there's it's, two. It's very much like that game you do half the level the other one you have to fill up a power gauge and if you're right. playing in co-op both of you are filling up your own gauges separately and if you don't decide one person to collect all the power-ups you will legitimately never turn into the power ranger like right. it's just a flaw like i swear right. Plus, i i think they should have just had it be like the other game they should have just had it be halfway through because i i agree i like that you know the person is in it but like Playing through that whole game in co-op, I was the ranger for maybe a total of three minutes total. Right. Like it was, it's just it like plus, what, what plus, is so it, it reflects so weird. It I reflects the movie. It reflects the movie. It's yeah, like oh plus, hey, look. also also with that the 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 power gate gauge or whatever when you collect the, the the lightning bolts, that bar decreases over time. Oh my gosh, I didn't even realize that. Yeah. Th- that's awful. Yeah. What are they, Ultramans? Are they all Ultramans? Because Earth's atmosphere is too polluted and Jack Shing Bada Bing can't take it? I mean, I still like the game, but yeah, Yeah. that's that's a huge flaw. Yeah, it it is a good beat-em-up, and it has great graphics and and music and stuff, but yeah, that's just just a a funny, like, flaw, but it's... It mimics the movie, so that's kind of funny. Yeah, uh, but yeah, that's it. What goes around comes around. Yes. Anyway, uh, Nintendo, uh, what's something that you liked as a as a youngster, but not so much as a not so youngster. As an adult. As an adultster. As a medium to slash medium oldster. As an adulterator. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm going to stick to the whole music thing. Um, back when I was younger, you know, I was young and I'm like, you know, absorbing all different types. Wait, you were young of, when you were young? I know. I can't believe I was that what? young when I was young. Uh, you know, you, you, as a kid, you absorb so much stuff, like different types of music or foods or whatever. <laughs> So for me, I listened to like a lot of uh, hip hop and like early rap, like the goofy rap, like Fresh like Prince DJ, stuff, jazzy hip hop and, and rock stuff. Young and MC, young and, yeah, the, the goofy shit, the, the yeah, really Tone Loke, Tone Loke, yeah, the, the fun stuff, yeah. And then and then as soon as, this could be a coincidence, but like as soon as Snoop Dogg came out and that whole type of rap, D O double G, yeah, and, yeah, gangster rap became gangster a thing, rap, yeah, yeah, it's that East Coast me. West Coast mofo. Yeah, so that that kind of killed it for me, and that's why I went with Mel because that's that never changed. If not for, for Snoop Dogg, you might still like rap. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. I mean, never know. But um, yeah, I could never get into the country either. So that's, yeah. that's another story. But. You could never get into the country. Where were you? No. What he country was, were you in? He was in, he was at the border. He was Ill- illegally exporting uh, party rap. He was oh, in the caravan. Shit, how'd you Party know? rap is in he the was, house. He, he was the caravan, actually. He was the first one. The caravan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the caravan that mysteriously vanished. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah. Um, right. So I guess that would be me. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I would say 
I was going to say something. I'm going to say something different. Um, so, yeah, I'll stick with video game stuff. And I'm going to say not a lot this time, but Atari. Yep. Atari was my first video game system that I had, the Atari's 2600. I had a handful of games. I remember some of them. I liked them. Uh, I was never bonkers over it, though. Did you have Pitfall? I did not. I had I, the ones. So I had okay. Let's see. Wizard of War, uh, Mountain King. Didn't you have Chuck Norris? Uh, yes, Chuck Norris action kung fu. Wait, what? Jackie Chan and Chuck Norris both starred in games that were called action kung fu. Okay, so maybe I'm screwing it up. Boss Rush, can you look up the Chuck Norris game? Fact check. And uh, <laughs> I had. I had uh, what else? Uh, Crystal Castles, which were a little teddy bear like doing stuff um the one i liked the most i think was taz which is also a licensed game which there weren't a ton oh right i remember that one that and it was basically uh, like chuck norris super kicks uh, su- i don't know i don't feel like that's what it was called no that's, that's the only thing that's, I mean, that's a hell of a can name I see, yeah, that, can that's i see the, the one thing? he had that's he has kicks that that's are it. super yeah. strong <laughs> i can't i cannot believe that's what it's called <laughs> super kicks Kinda of sounds like a like a party store, or like oh a like God. a real crappy supermarket. That no, no, so no, it's a place where you buy that, like really really cool shoes. That is so They're funny. Sneakers. Actually, you know what I remember is that it was it was a. A double cart because they had a couple of those, you know. So they're like it's doubly it's the, the twice the length of a normal cart twice and as many turn, kicks. You turn it around <laughs> and you can put both ends one at a time into the machine. I know we're doing phrasing. Um, and one of the sides was Chuck Norris and the other side was, uh, I think it was Enduro. No, <laughs> Jackie Chan. <laughs> I think it was, I think it was a, a racing game called Enduro. Enduro racing. I think that's what it was. All right. Was it Activision? Because that was a standalone game. So I don't know if the, I don't know. Maybe because but, I, but I, I recall, uh, anyway, so Taz, you basically had like, five horizontal lines or something and you're just like this little uh it's supposed to look like taz when he's in the like tornado form and you just just move him up and down and that's it and then what would happen is like food and or bombs would fly from either the left or the right of the screen depending on the the line and you would just like move in between the lines and you had to collect all the food and not die by eating a bomb and uh that's it it was just a matter of uh, getting enough points to proceed to the next level, and then it would be a different food. And even though the graphics are still terrible, I loved that the food was something different. Yeah. Like, you never mm-hmm. felt like you progressed ever in Atari games, ever. It was just the same thing. that you, Like, you see one second of the first level, and that's the entire thing, basically, for the Atari 2600. And uh, anyway, that was kind of fun. Um, because you know he had like it would be first level would be like oh apples then it'd be like oh ice cream burgers whatever and there was a really really solid splash page where with a big Taz sprite that yeah. had big squared off jack o' lantern teeth that <laughs> looked kind of weird but pretty good for Atari twenty six hundred right yeah, yeah. but uh, anyway basically. All I'm saying is I cannot go back 
<laughs> and enjoy those games anymore. That's all. Yeah, it's. I, it, I still enjoy them so. from time to time, but yeah, I mean they're obviously. You I, know. I mean, I love me some eight bit Nintendo like all yeah. day long. Oh, absolutely. But I don't know. That's where yeah. I cut it off. Yeah, they they definitely don't hold their luster as as much as like Nintendo does. I Man, mean, if if this was a of Pain Pixels episode, we could talk about the great box art because it's just has with like a buttload of burgers and ice cream and then like 30 sticks of dynamite all in a row and he's got a dynamite in one hand and a burger in the other like you know he's gonna accidentally eat that dynamite he has it in his hand he's about to chomp it it's just this is impending this is moments doom. before disaster yeah this is yeah. like one of his last moments in life yeah this is the last picture we've seen of the tasmanian devil when he was alive also fairly accurate to the game not yeah. that not that far off not at all no, definitely a good box art technically very very apt yeah but anyway, anybody have any memories of the 2600 or our Atari in general? I mean, I definitely was a huge fan of it back in the day. And I still enjoy it a lot today. I've actually, uh, you know, played a handful of games like not too long ago, maybe a couple of weeks ago. I kind of went through a handful of games like, you know, like Pitfall, Pitfall 2, um, Cosmic Arc, you know, stuff like that. And I, I still enjoy them from time to time. If you could pick like a solid, maybe if it's not your favorite, fine. But like, what's, a, what's a, like a solid Atari 2600 game you feel like people should play? You know what? Something I think that a lot of people don't even talk when they talk about twenty six hundred. Uh, that's the Superman game. I think is a pretty fun game. Interesting. Uh, you start off as Clark Kent, and then you know, you you walk from like a telephone booth, and you walk over to a screen where there's a bridge. You're about to cross the bridge to go to the Daily Planet, which is your job, and the bridge blows up. It's like, oh, you got to go back to the phone booth and then turn into Superman. And the whole thing is you have to capture Lex Luthor and his gang. He's got probably like five or six henchmen you have to like you know basically you know fly around like the world of you know the you know the uh, the environment collect each the sandbox is very you, small you, you have to you have to capture each you know criminal including lex Luthor, and fly them to the prison and, and you know put them in prison incarcerate them then you have to find the three pieces of the bridge and then put it back together all while trying to avoid kryptonite mines and all that stuff and it's, <sighs> it's basically just trying to find where all these you know moving parts are and there's you know and just it's kind of like do it as fast as possible. And then once you put the bridge back together, you have to actually change back into Clark Kent. And then that's when the game actually technically ends. And then it's basically, like, like I said, do it in the quickest amount of time. That's basically, there's no scoring in it at all. It's just how fast can you do it? Okay, I'll, I'm going to be honest. I think that sounds like work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is for Superman. He's got to do that on a daily basis. But for you, it's fun. It's escapism, yeah. right? You get to play as Superman. Yeah, I, I, Superman. I enjoyed it. I like building bridges. Yeah, that's Superman. I like burning bridges too. <laughs> well, you don't get to burn bridges. Burning it gets burned bridges bridge. all the time. You have to put it together, and you have to capture the criminals, Lex Luthor and his gang, and all that. I stuff. do actually remember. I you know I never played that game. I don't, I don't even think, think I've either. seen it. I do remember the Spider-Man game, another license. So they brought up three license games, and I remember really liking the Spider-Man game, but I never owned it. One of my cousins owned it, and I thought it was really cool at the time. And he's just basically crawling up this building. And it's so simplistic. It's just ridiculous. But at the top is the Green Goblin, which is fun. So, yeah. flying on his glider. Yeah. I think it is interesting that the Atari 2600 is one of those systems that, for some people, it is their first system. But you have different sides of the coin. Whereas for Boss Rush Mode, he, he kind of holds it in reverence. And it's like still really near and dear. But for Parasite Steve, it was his first console, too. And there's some games he could maybe go back to. But for him, it's it's the nes like that is the nostalgic retro greatness system Mm -hmm. and like exactly that's where it starts for me yeah Yeah. where my nostalgia begins right and it's funny because for me i never grew up with the atari 2600 and i feel like it is just a step 
slightly too far backwards that I can't really go back to. Right. Um, be, and not that I never grew up with it. It's just like, I, I don't know, it's just a little too crude. I can play as many NES games as you throw at me, but the Atari 2600, like, as a third different standpoint, I never grew up with it, and I can't really, I don't know, play it today just because just yeah. it looks so rudimentary. I don't I know. I mean, as much as I love the Atari 2600 and then... Yeah, I mean, I just obviously it's it can't hold a candle to the NES. I mean, even like right. the, like the later systems, like the fifty two hundred and the seven eight hundred, which did you know improve performance and stuff like that. I just I didn't own either of those at the time. I mean, I have a seven eight hundred now. I've never owned a fifty two hundred ever actually. But uh, it's just you know the Nintendo, you know, the NES was just such a humongous leap in like every way possible. So right. even you know even you know someone like me who was like like I said the first or one of my first you know gaming experiences was on a 2600 and I still hold it near and dear to my heart but yeah Nintendo was definitely where it was at but yeah. I think it's cool that you still you know collect the Atari 2600 stuff and can go back and play it and enjoy those still to this day yeah you know it's just it's like neat different perspectives on yeah we stuff. got we got different brains we different right. people we, right we're not we a hive even, we all got different folks in we're our not places. a hive mind folks. we're not a hive mind we're not a hive mind. We're not yes, we're a not. hive mind. <laughs> yes, we're not, not a hive mind. <laughs> yes, we're not. All right. So, uh, yeah, anyone else? It. Anyone else have anything else to add? Nope. Nope. Good. Okay, we've answered our own octoponder this question. So now it's your turn to uh, give us your opinions of the question or the show in general or a new podcast. So we'd love to hear what you think about it. Uh, give us you know, any and all comments and uh, suggestions. We'd greatly appreciate it. You can reach us on Twitter at Reductopus or email us at Reductopus at gmail.com. He's right. Yeah. Do it. And before we close the entire episode off, let's go to this. You got the bleeps, you got the creeps, and you might even have the sweeps. But if you don't got the time, then they ain't worth a dime. This is the 8-Bit Minute. Hey, everybody. So it's uh, 8-Bit Alchemy here, and I wanted to just take a minute of your time and talk about some of the 8-bit things that are out there in the world and, and have a little bit of a fun fact for y'all. So some of you might be familiar with how older consoles were referred to by their bits, whether you have 8-bit, 16-bit, and then 32-bit uh, and beyond, I guess. So what does that actually mean exactly? Because I think a lot of people will throw those terms around and not exactly know what they are, other than that's what the console. This number is more, so it's better. Yeah, so what that actually breaks down into is uh, a bit is a basic unit of information that's used in computing, which can be either a one or a zero. So it's a binary unit. Um, the number of bits actually refer to the capabilities of a processor to understand data. So if you have a 8-bit system, its processors can process 8 bits of information at a time. So an easy way to kind of break it down is the number of bits is similar to letters in a word, so if you have an 8-bit system, they are able to use 8 bits to assemble a word, quote-unquote, that the processor can interpret as data. A 16-bit system, like the Super Nintendo or the Genesis, can interpret words up to 16 bits long. So basically, that word, if you want to call it that, is what will store data for colors and music and graphics and even um, screen dimension. So when you look at a Nintendo game, you're looking at 8 bits of processing power 
And the most colors that are actually possible in 8 bits are 256 because you have eight digits in a row that can be either one or zero. So if you if you do the math, that would be two to the eighth power, which is 256. That's the number of possible combinations of zero and one in eight in an eight bit long character or word. So that's what defines the limitations of those systems. So for a time, 8-bit was the greatest thing out there. And then 16-bit came along and doubled the number of potential bits, which changed the number of colors exponentially. It became huge. Uh, You could still only display a certain amount of colors on the screen at a time, but that jump was an enormous jump. And then from 16-bit to 32-bit, like you have from the Super Nintendo to, say, the playstation uh you have it kind of just grows out from there and at the point we're at now bits stop being a factor because there are so many potential combinations that we're not even really limited anymore um the atari jaguar was the first system that claimed to be a 64-bit system but really it wasn't truly using 64 bits and it really was just sort of going for the accolade of having more bits, but it really didn't do anything with them. Just having more bits is not necessarily a better thing. It's what you're able to do with it. It's just basically raising the ceiling higher, but if you don't fill that space with anything, it doesn't matter. Um, But yeah, so I thought that was kind of a relatively simple way to explain what bits exactly are and kind of a interesting tidbit yeah absolutely we we actually got some information some knowledge learning a little bit here on the on the retro we got our brains filled with bits yeah there you go knowledge bomb deployed now i want to ask over the whole jaguar thing um didn't the jaguar have two thirty? two-bit processors and they just call it 64 that is what i previously understood i i haven't read up on the 64 bit um jaguar a ton but i i did think that it was two thirty-two bits but also if you look at the graphics of a atari jaguar they're far worse than the uh 32 bit processors of the ps1 so yeah it actually might be four 16 bits and which that case, just adding up the numbers is irrelevant. It is not actually right. a 64-bit system. Each processor is only able to process information in 16-bit long characters. So it doesn't matter how many you have. It right. just means that there's more processors right. in there. It's like, I live in a four-floor mansion, but I can only live on the second floor because that's my apartment. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. exactly. It's pointless. Yeah. It's pointless to say that. You're like, oh yeah, no, this is this is my entire house. Right. It was. It's just a marketing thing. I mean, that that was, that's a really famous kind of scam. I think in the video game world, right. that Atari Jaguar. You know, that was their their thing. They're like, no, we're going to be the first ones. We have 64 bits. That's what we can technically say it. Right. You know, it's like you know, when certs in the 80s, they used to say, oh, they were the only one with Retson. It's like, yeah, retin wasn't a thing. Yeah, it what was the just fuck some, is retin? Yeah, retin's nothing. It's just a chemical, like various ingredients that is that were in everything else, like light, lights, lights. It's so hard for me to not say lightsabers when I mean lightsabers. <laughs> Lifesavers. Life, I can't do it. I cannot do <laughs> Life it. Lightsabers. It's just they're lightsabers. Uh, um, 
anyway and they would they they no, trademark they're like okay well sugar <laughs> plus plus this like enzyme plus this little protein that that equals retsin even though they're all in all our competitors too we're gonna say this is retsin and trademark it so nobody else can say that and then the the audience was like oh what's retsin i don't know it's the only one with it though who's retsin <laughs> right. and nobody questioned it right. it's Te- marketing marketing Te- is crazy yeah, technology you know business you know chemistry you kids don't need school you just need, need to listen to the retro octopus podcast get it all right here <laughs> <laughs> all right so uh, anyone have anything to plug uh, before we head out oh i go first oh okay um so I have a YouTube channel called Nintendo. Um, I I only have a few videos out right now. Uh, I've done a pickups video with 8-Bit Alchemy and Boss Rush Mode called Swag Snag. Um, Not Snag, snag swag. swag. Snag Swag is really snag. easy to accidentally say, yeah, but yeah. it's, it's Wh- Swag I, I did snag. actually accidentally said it backwards in the video. So go laugh. <laughs> go watch the video and swag laugh snag. at me. Go Point laugh at laugh. So watch Swag Snag. Swag, snag, swag, swag. Um, I've also done a uh, a couple of response videos to other YouTubers. Um, one was based on top three video game box art that were my favorites. And another one was three NES games that I grew up with and haven't beaten. So I suggest you check it out. If you're Definitely. I, yeah. I did. Yeah, for sure. For shizzle. And seven years ago. Oh, and also I have a, a, a vlog from our Transformer, the movie, experience. So oh, yeah, that was fun. That was actually the very first video I've ever done. So. It has all of us because we're friends. Yeah. We're, we're all friends. We're all we're bro- compatriots. We're, we're all bro And we friends. have carbon-based body receptacles that we use to get around. Mm. Yes. What? Yeah, well, all of us do. How did you <laughs> get there? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just sharing facts. Yes. I like those. Yes. True facts. Traffics. How about you, uh, 8-Bit? So you can find me uh, on YouTube at 8-Bit Alchemy. And I do just a variety of 8-Bit music done in the original sound chip of the Nintendo. So it has there's limitations of the system it's programmed using fami tracker and uh, i have original songs i have cover songs i actually just recently finished a, a cover of a song from delta rune the uh the undertale spiritual sequel so you guys can find me on youtube at 8-bit alchemy and i also do have a page under the same name on soundcloud and i will soon hopefully have the entire album of my own original composition on Bandcamp, um, and you guys can look forward to that. It's called Mega Man Omega. Yeah, so check out that. Oh, are definitely do that. It's some really, really awesome stuff. I'm Absolutely, a, I would be a big fan of your stuff, even if I wasn't your brother. Oh, gee, thanks, brother. It is good stuff, though. Um, so, Parasite Steve on the mic. My real name is Steve Van Sampson, and I am an author. I write horror books, and I have a couple out right now. You can check out my Vampires in Africa series called Predator World. Um, and it uh, has two books. The first one's The Bone Eater King. The second one is called Marrow Dust. And they're really unique vampire apocalypse set in Africa books. Um, check them out. 
You can also uh, pre-buy. I have a new book coming out, and it's an anthology. I have a story in a really, really cool anthology I'm really excited about, and it's called The Final Summons. And if you go to thefinalsummons.com, you can pre-buy it right now on Kindle, on various platforms, for only 99 cents. So really, seriously, people, why would you not go do that? Please, just just go do that. Yeah. Just just yeah. go go just do it. Go pre-buy The Final Summons. It. It's put just out. Do it. It's the very, very first anthology put out by the New England Speculative Writers, and they're a bunch of cool peeps, and I'm one of them. So, yeah, check us out. And Definitely. he's a cool peep. I right. I pre-ordered it, and I don't even have a way to read it. I don't have a nook or a You're Kindle, obligated, though. But I'm obligated. <laughs> and uh, Boss Rush pre-bought it, too, and he doesn't even know how to read. That is almost 100% true. <laughs> I definitely don't know how to read. <laughs> I know. I, I definitely pre-ordered, so... So anyway, that's uh, pretty much it. Check them out if you can. And if you don't know how to read, probably don't bother. I am on Twitter all the time. I'd love to hear from you. So say hi, at Steve Van Sampson, and I'm done. Boss Rush? Hey, how's it going? I'm going to go back to the YouTube stuff because, you know, we'll let Steve be the only one that's not doing YouTube right now. Uh, I You can find me on YouTube at, well, guess what? Boss Rush Mode. Hey, pretty Weird. clever, huh? And uh, if you like what you heard here, we actually have other the other incarnation of Retro Reductopus, the the fledgling years of it, and uh, we have like you know seven or eight episodes. I don't remember the exact amount, but uh, if you enjoyed what you what you heard tonight, uh, you can hear more of it on my YouTube channel. And uh, the four of us have also done different styles of podcasts. Like uh, I have one called VG Tunes, where they haven't been involved in every single one of them, but there's been a few where we've all. You know, had a theme, and we'd all talk about it. And we had we'd play video game music. You know, in the process. You know, along, you know, in in the podcast themselves. And I also have another series called Or Arcade, where I try to replicate you know arcade like soundscapes and atmospheres, like a whole bunch of arcade machines, kind of like going on in the background, some weird stuff like that. And I've got some other stuff too. But why don't you go and check it out and find it out for yourself, and uh, hopefully you enjoy it. Uh, I think that will pretty much wrap up the episode, right? I think so. All right. Well, uh, if you made it this far, thank you so much for sticking around and uh, you're checking us out. Hopefully you'll come back for more. and uh, Hopefully uh, we get better. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know, we're, uh, we're, we're kind of starting anew. It's like a rebirth of Retro Red Octopus. It is. We're uh, stretching our tentacles, seeing what's up. That's right. Testing the waters. Well, anyway, thank you so much for stopping by. I've been your host at the post, Boss Rush Mode. Thank you so much on behalf of Retro Reductibus. I shall say, until the next. Yeah.